I appreciate y'all tuning in to another episode of the Blisses Ignorant Podcast, man. I am joined today, man, by one of my unofficial mentors in this comedy game, man. I've known this brother for a long time, man. It'll this be 15, 15 years for me in, on November 2nd. And this brother has been there uh, in my wheelhouse from the beginning, man. So thanks for coming on for the first time to the Blisses Ignorant Podcast, my boy, Sean Jones, man. What's up, man? Yes, sir. What's I, happening, man? Yes, sir. Thank you, man, for having me, brother. Man, I can't call it, man. Yeah, no doubt, man. Um, it's been it's been a long time coming, man. Um, yes. I think one of the first times I mentioned you being on the podcast way before this COVID thing, but we was just trying to just scheduling. You know, you on the yeah. road. You on the road. Like once we both become once once I get into that headliner spot, running into Sean Jones is not very often. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. But early yeah. on, early on, I saw you a lot. You know what I mean? I was like, yo, yes. I'm working with Sean again. You know what I mean? So it's right, uh, right. it was good stuff, man. Um, Sean, I, I will say this, man. I, I will say when I tell my story about comedy, um, I tell this story and I've told this story a number of times on the podcast and people were like, man, like what made it click for you? I said, look, I was early in the game and I remember um, featuring, no, I was hosting for you and Matthews, um, the Matthews right, okay, Comedy yeah. Zone, off of Independence, the closet, the Matthews Comedy. Yeah, closet. yes, yes. And I was, I was, uh, I was, I was hosting for a weekend with you, and I saw right. your set uh, for every night, every night that we worked together. And the following week, I was at the Big Chill, and right, right. I was, oh, that's what I, was, was yeah. I was just coming up there to do my time, like. You know, every open micer at that moment, you know, we just go up there to do our five to seven minutes and we try out material right. and you happen to be headlining that week. And I was like, oh, I just right. work with him. You know what I mean? And right. we both know it's two different audiences. Right? We, we yeah. both know that there's there's the there's the mainstream room and then there's the urban room. And Big Chill right. was urban. Like, <laughs> like, like it was right. no straight. No, right. right. And I saw you go on stage and do the same material and kill it the same way you did it in a mainstream room. And I was like, he didn't change right, right. nothing. And I was, <laughs> I was in shock. I'm yeah. early, I'm, I'm early in the game. I don't know how this thing works, but to see you, to see you navigate right. and to see you hit these people in the head with the same material and me thinking early on that you got to change your stuff and me changing my stuff. Like, oh, I do it this way for this room and I do it this way for that room. And you open my eyes to say, you ain't got to do it that way. You know what I mean? So, right, um, right. yeah, and it was it was eye-opening for me. So it was like one of those things where right. it was early for me to recognize you can you can do it the same way, and I said to myself at that moment, I want to do it that way. I can yeah. write my jokes and not cater to a certain audience. Right. And it takes some right. people. It takes some people a long time to recognize that that's how it works. You know right. what I mean? So right. I was I was actually happy I was able to get that early. Cool man. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people don't realize funny is funny, and that sounds corny, but mm -hmm. it is funny is funny. Sometimes it's just your cadence. It's just a little little tweaking in the type of wording that you use. But overall, funny is funny. That's why there were shows like Def Comedy Jam. It wasn't really based for one audience because, believe it or not, the reason why I survived was simply because of the fact white people was watching it just as well. 
Mm-hmm. You know, Brillstein and Gray ain't gonna put their label on something if they if they ain't got the right people watching it. So right. it's all about your cadence. It's all about your your wording. Just knowing your audience enough to be able to adjust, but all but still staying true to who you are, and that's your subject matter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. So right. that you know that for me, I learned that as well early on and that's just being versatile that's being able to work different types of rooms mm-hmm. you know and not be one dimensional so right and then i do know sometimes you got you got the people that that was brought up in an urban environment and then they're they're afraid there's right. there's a hesitancy to go into a mainstream room because they feel like they can't connect right. um and then it was like for me when i saw you do that i was like yo he he ain't changed nothing yeah. I mean, like, 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 you so, and it was like, yo, and then so when I started writing, my writing was just my writing. Like, I wasn't trying to cater to anybody. Right. I was just speaking my truth. You right. know what I mean? And that was, that was, uh, I think that helped me out a lot. And me starting late as I did, like, I didn't start early. I didn't start in my 20s or anything like right. that. You know what I'm saying? I was, old, I was over 30 when I started. You know what I mean? So it was like, it was real important for me to be able to get those shortcuts, if you would. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, that's a blessing. Mm-hmm. That's a blessing, man. Absolutely, well, I'm, man. I'm humbled and I'm grateful that you know my my bull <laughs> was enough to uh, be a, a learning tool for you. You know, that's real cool to hear. I appreciate that, my brother. Yeah, absolutely, man. And you always want to have your um, you always want to have your peers appreciate your your style and your work ethic and yeah. things like that. And you was always in my ear, like you was always be able to give me like a kind word or. Uh, you know, I was, you know, like I was, I was accepted. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was like one yeah. of those things, you know what I mean? But it was more or less like, um, you can accept anybody. Right. But you know, the right. difference, like, right. you know what I'm saying? You, you can be cordial to people, but right. then it was more or less like, no, I rock with him. Like bliss is funny. Right. Like I, you know, I, I rock with him. Right. That's a, that's a, that's a funny young brother. Or, right. you know, you hear from circles or whatever, be like, yeah, I got your name from Sean Jones. I'm like, okay. Yeah, like, like, right, that, right, like, right. like, like that's right. when you, that's when you like, oh, okay, I'm in there. You know what I mean? Right, so right. That, yeah. that was like one of those things, man. And, um, you know, throughout the years, man, I just like, I, I watch you. And, like, and Sean, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. He's like, you was always one of them cats that I always felt like, I want this brother to be bigger than what he is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just like from, we know how this business works. And, you know, we know it's not a fair game, but we know who's deserving of the accolades, you know what I mean? Or we know who deserving of the biggest spots. And, you know, when someone goes, I didn't know, I'm like, that's your fault. Right. Right. (laughs) You ain't do do your homework. Right, 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 right. So like, that was like, that was like one of those things, man. And, uh, you know, we've been through a lot, man. I, I done seen a lot, man. I done seen... Um, you know, the maturation of things. I see myself grow. I see you grow. I've seen like your, your set grow to different levels. Like you doing one thing and like, I don't do none of that no more. Right. You know what I mean? I like yo, whole new hours, whole new hours and stuff. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> like, I like, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I can see, I, I mean, it's probably bits I can bring up of yours that you done forgot you did. You know what I mean? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, like, it's like one of those things. Yeah. 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 So, so with it, go ahead. No, go ahead. What are you going to say? Yeah. So when this, this COVID thing happened, and I mean, it was a shock to everybody um, as far as the system, shock of the system and us uh, being in the game as long as we have and then us having to be off stage as long as we've been off stage. Um, you know, how did you cope with that? Like, what was what was your what was your uh, what was your what? How did you how did you come through that? 
Well, it's funny because it, uh, fortunately, and just my sister and I really, we have a podcast. We have a, uh, we call it a, a, a motivation, a motivating phone conversation every Wednesday called Wisdom Wednesday, mm-hmm. um, in which a lot of people from all over the country tune in. And that right there kind of gave me the basis of how to handle this pandemic. And, and the way that I was able to weather the storm was basically mindset. You know, um, you your mindset is the most important tool with making decisions and making moves in your life. So when the pandemic presented itself, I didn't go into this panic mode and and just, you know, just see the worst out of a situation. I just saw it as, okay, this is an adjustment that I have to make. And with life, you have to make many adjustments. So I just basically took this time to I just went to a spiritual mode, really. I just was like, well, God is saying, I'm slowing the world down. I'm stopping the world so people can learn themselves. They can they can introduce themselves to themselves again because we got so caught up in a fast pace. I don't have time for this. And we started to basically try to move with what everything else is. You know, social media, everything was so fast and a lot of people lost themselves. So... I didn't look at it as, oh my God, this is the end of the world. Everything is about to shut down. Everything that I've worked for is over. I just said, okay, God, I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be diligent as far as doing what I'm supposed to do, but I'm gonna be quiet and just let you tell me where to go. So financially, this year has been challenging, mm-hmm. you know, but um career wise, it I don't know. I I feel as though I've grown more during this pandemic because, you know, I spend a lot of time with me, which I do all the time anyway, but you spend like hours and days with yourself and talking to yourself. And I talk out loud and I laugh out loud and I talk back to myself. But when I I got back on stage, I just saw a different me. I Mm -hmm. saw more of me. I Mm -hmm. saw more of a comfort level, a confidence level. So um, I just put it into uh, kind of like not really in neutral, but I put it in a different gear. Yeah. You know, what I mean, it's sometimes I guess it's just like a, a cross country runner. Sometimes a cross country runner, it's a long, it's a long, it's a long road in this race. It's not like sprinting, where you got to come out the blocks, you got to put it all on on a hundred mm-hmm. all through the race. But in the country, a cross country runner you have times where you need to be fast paced. You have times you need to slow down. So I just looked at this pandemic is you still run your race, just slow it down a little bit because it's going to be a point where you're going to hit that corner. You're going to have to speed it up again. So you don't want to exert all your energy on this when you're not ready, when you got to get back in there and put that speed back on. So that's, that's the analogy that I use to kind of help me weather the storm as I call it a 2020. When you hit back, when you hit back on stage, did did you feel like you did you have to address Corona a lot in your set, or do you just touch on it and keep it moving? I touch on it, keep it moving because it's overkill. We know that everybody's hitting it all the time, and right. you know it's just like we know. Yeah, we wear masks, we cough, right. we right. you know. And if I do hit it, I try not to hit it directly as everyone else hits it. You know, yeah. what I mean? I'm not. Yeah. Oh, you know, they make you. And I, okay, we know. You know? Right, right. So. You know, I just uh, I just try to make light of it. Everybody it, it, it's, it's such a this like the, the coronavirus has become the new uh, 
Democrats Republican argument. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got half the room that says it's a conspiracy and blah right. blah blah. You got right. the other side that's saying we all gonna die if we take these masks off. So right. it's like you don't want to tell, just like you don't want to tell who you voted for. You, you don't want to say what side. Right. 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 You know what I'm saying? Right. So, right. I feel you on that. I feel you on that because you know I know you know and it, the work the rooms that we work you know we work in more mainstream rooms anyway right, right. so it's like you you gotta go in there aware of that you know what I mean right. because you don't want to alienate your audience you know it's already right. a, it's already a challenge when we step on stage anyway right um, exactly because we step on stage they are people that don't know who you are if they're not a fan of yours they're not knowing so they right. already have an assumption of what you're going to talk about when you get on stage. Right. But so exactly. then when you come with the smart comedy or you come with the comedy that's that's all encompassing, they're surprised. Right. And then they're like, oh, OK, I, I can rock with this dude. He's um, a different kind of Negro. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, here's the crazy thing, though, Sean. It's like it's funny how we 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 can still be true to ourselves, Right. Um, on stage. Let them know where we rock and where we stand. But they're there for the jokes. Right. And it's so funny because like you can do a show in Alabama and you know these people ain't rocking with you like that, right? Right. right but right. by the time you get done with your jokes, they feel like they're your best friend at the end of the show. They feel like you know they're your mean? best friend. Right. Because you've shown them who you truly are. And this right. is the problem that a lot of comics, a lot of young comics don't realize. A, a, a audience is they're not as dumb as they think as you think they might be. Right. They can see if you're being true to who you are. They can see your confidence. They can see, you know, all these different things. So if you're being true to who you are, that's what they're buying into. And yeah. I had to learn, I had to learn early in my career, but as I got older, I learned it better was the fact that a lot of times I get caught up on, yo, that cat's doing my joke. He's stealing my joke. He's still, dude, a cat can steal your joke all day, but they can't steal who you are. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And Absolutely. A prime example of a person being true to who he is in every aspect, and you, he's considered the greatest comic ever, is Richard Pryor. Mm -hmm. Because he niggered you to death, and he told you my pains. I smoked crack. I was I was gay for a couple of days. You know, I, I chilled with a transvestite. I, you know, I, I grew up in a brothel. And he's a, he's a, a, a business, he's a white people that, only know black people from what they've seen on the news. Yeah. And they accepted this dude. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? He never yeah. lost who he was on stage. And right. they, they they respected it because they knew what he was showing them was what he truly was. Right. So um that's you know that's one thing that I've learned, you know what I'm saying? And 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 that allows us to be able to go in these rooms and do what we do. And 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 our truth still be there. We don't we don't leave off stage feeling like we just sold our soul for the sake of a of a joke. A lot of cats do that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. How does how did this start for you? Comedy. How did, how did man? I honestly, it's it's crazy, dude. Like, mm -hmm. uh, I had a lot of friends. I knew a lot of cats that were that was on Def Jam back in the day, like Terry Hodges, who was the host of Showtime at the Apollo. I mean, Terry was a personal friend of me and my whole family. You know, what I mean, but Terry used to come to my house and sleep on the floor, him and him and his boy, you know, uh, you know, we used to roll, you know, we used to just, I mean, he was traveling with the OJs. I met the OJs through him. I met, you know, Gerald Levert. I met all these cats and he was, you know, and then 
we also had Terminal D. I grew up in Jersey. So we had Terminal D, which was the first Black-owned comedy club on the East Coast. And I think ever, you uh-huh. know, Terminal D. It was a little hole in the wall down on Freeland Heisen Avenue in Newark. That's yep. why I grew up in Jersey. And everybody was there from, you know, that's why me and Bill, you know, Bill was there. Uh, 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 um, uh, I mean, shoot, everybody. Martin used to roll through there. Um, Hamburger. Uh, yeah. You know, Cool Bubba Ice. This was like, you know, Raj was 15 years old when he was in the club. doing. So I knew all these comics. J.B. Smooth, that was yeah. that was my dude back in the day. Way before I did comedy. Yo, J.B. Smooth was the man. Yo, that's my dude right there, yo. That's my dude right there. But <laughs> I always love to do J.B. But I knew these cats. And, and I was a witty dude, I guess. To people, mm-hmm. I was a witty dude. I just say shit that's on my mind. And they, you know, Terry was like, yo, you need to try comedy, man. And at that time, you know, I was, I was wearing, I was suited up. I, you know, I, you know, I, I love my suits. I love my clothes to this day. But, um, and they was, he was like, yo, you should give it a try. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm climbing up the corporate ladder, man. Anybody got no time. Ah. <laughs> and I decided to take a little comedy workshop. Mm-hmm. And the first time I stepped on stage, it was like the feeling was like I don't know what crack feel like, but if it, I know what sex feel like every now and then, but that <laughs> feeling was there when I hit yeah. the stage. I was like yo, and it was like, and I and I always take things back to a spiritual aspect. It was just like God saying, "You tried everything that you you thought was right for you. Let me show you what I have for you." Mm-hmm. And when I stepped on it, it just was like an instant comfort. You know, it was just like, yo, I can, I can rock with this. I can, I feel this. And that was it. Yeah. And everything fell into place. It's amazing how God laid everything out where the first time I stayed, I walked on stage was basically the last time I worked a regular conventional job, you know, Mm. consistently, you know, that's amazing. You know, I got laid off. I was working for a little insurance, like this cat named RJ uh, Washington, Uh uh, he had a little insurance, which I didn't belong there. I was trying to sell insurance. And at, at that time, you had to go to the yellow pages and call people, cold call people, trying to sell them life insurance and health insurance and auto insurance, and get hung up on. And I was like, yo, this shit is boring. I'm sitting in this office all day. Yeah. And, and I got laid off. And he was like, yo, I'm going to give you, un- I'm going to make sure you get unemployment. Right. So I, when I started doing comedy, I didn't have to get up and go to work. I, right. I, I got unemployment. You know, right. I mean, I was getting under, I was living with my sister and her family. I didn't right. have a mortgage. I didn't have rent. I, I was living with them. I was on the road. Comedy was hot. The, uh, the you know, the creative tour was coming through. I was hosting a room in one city. I was hosting a room in two different cities. So Sunday night I was in Charleston. Uh, Monday night I was in Augusta. I had two hundred people. I was I was rolling. So yeah. I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, and here I am, almost twenty-seven years later, man. That's amazing, man. That, it that's, is. That's amazing because, and I don't, I don't think I've heard anything that what that way. Like as far as you being around comedians and then the comedian like, hey, man, you should try it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's usually yeah. not how it works. You know what I mean? Right, you, right. Yeah. Right. So that's that's dope, man. That's dope. Yeah. And then like to to be able to be in it that long and still have those those friendships. The people yeah. that remain, remember you, you know what I'm saying? And like, uh, I'm from Jersey as well, but I didn't start comedy in Jersey. Like, I didn't start in Jersey. Yeah, I right. Know. Yeah, I, yeah. And then, like, you know, for me, I started in in the South, which was which I think was beneficial for me to start doing right. comedy in the South, um, because I feel like it translates across the country better uh, if you start in the yeah. South. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I hate to say that about cats. A lot of times, you know, a lot of New York cats, Jersey cats and all that stuff get a little, they get a little stigma about them that they only, they're, they're good in that. Because, I mean, people outside of New York, Jersey, Philly don't understand bodegas. Be, nope. you know, they don't understand the Dominicans. They don't understand the Puerto Ricans. They don't understand the, you know, the shave ice and, you know, the dude driving down the street, like, oh, God, la musica, you know, right. bah, bah, bah. They don't right. understand that. So right. Alabama, like, what the hell is going on with this kind of Negro? Right, so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And the same thing like the the, uh, the subways, the trains. Yes. The barrels. Right. Yeah. They don't know that, man. Absolutely. I, that's why I say I'm glad I started in the South. I do. I mean, like right. I said, I mean, it just, it works out better for me. Um, so with your friends that were, that were in comedy, would you say they were big influences on you or did you just have your own lane? Like, you know what they I mean? were influences on me. They were influences uh -huh. on me. Yeah. yeah, a lot of cats because at that time Def Jam was was big too, and mm. then a lot of cats I already knew. But then I was introduced to everybody on Def Jam instantly on a weekly basis because the tour was a two week tour. So it was this tour was finishing up here, but there was another tour coming through with two cats from De from Def Jam and another two cats. So every week when they got in town, they met Sean Jones. You know, you got to go here. I'll pick you up from the hotel, you know, whatever. So I was rolling with these cats and, you know, it was like, yo, these are cats I watch on TV. And now we're, we're rolling. We're in the car together. We're eating together. We're in the hotel together. We're on the road together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So a lot yeah. of cats had a big influence on me, uh, which was cool. You know, it, yeah. it kind of, it, it, it motivated me a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you see people doing it. I mean, and you you came up during a time where the comedy was booming and, and, yes. and there was constant work and you had weak runs and yes. things of that nature. And and yes. I didn't I wasn't I wasn't fortunate enough to be in that era, but I heard about it. Like, Man. you know, you had the Tuesday through Sunday. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know it made make my nipples hard still thinking about it now. <laughs> Like, like I, I'm, I was envious when I heard about it because, like, I would, I mean, I would just sit back and go, "How do you make a living off the, You know what I mean? But then I, I mean, I, I talked to people from back in the day, and they go, "Oh man, it was, it was. I mean, you was on the road. It was gone. You know what, what? I mean? I missed, I missed the road. I do. I miss it because it's so uh, mind clearing, right? To right. be on the road, like uh, the stress at home is not there. It's, right. uh, it's." The long drive that that clears your mind, right. uh, that makes you come up with a better bit, or the you know the 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 the, the playlist, the the like right. all of those different things that happen on the road, and and like some people be like, yo man, I take flights. I go, dude, you know what? Sometimes I like driving. Like sometimes right. I just like to drive. You know what well, I mean? Well, you keep on driving. I'm 27 years. I feel you. I feel you. I feel I, you. I'm you driving. did it long enough. Yeah, you did I'm it long driving. enough. To the airport. That's what I'm <laughs> yeah, long term parking, baby. Yeah, you parking. listen. You deserve it, man. Like I said, you yeah. did it long enough. But you know, like I said, I don't mind that that drive. I mean, I mean, yeah. it's all been shut down for me. Yeah. Recently, but that's just a personal decision. I mean, I still right. get phone calls for gigs, but I just be like, I, I can't do it, y'all. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I have to. I have to shut it down just because of uh, you know, me taking care of my mom's and stuff like that. Right. Right, right, yeah. You don't want to expose her to anything. That's absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, uh, you know, you, uh, you got the kids. Uh, you got that's what the court told me. That's what the court told me. <laughs> you got grown ones. You got babies. Like you got like so. It's uh like so for me. Do you do you does, do any of your kids have any of your kids tried comedy? My seven year old thinks he's a comedian. He always say I'm funny, and he <laughs> rolls with me. That's 
out of all my kids, I got a 19-year-old son, 21-year-old daughter, and my seven-year-old has been on the road with me more than both of them put together. Right. He rolled with me. Like, there, you know, I was on the road so much where he, had, we took him out of school for a week so he can roll with me on it. He can go on the road because he had missed me so much. And, and I took him on the road. And every night he had his tutor. You know, he did his, his classwork, you know, but then when daddy was about to say good night, they know the last 10 minutes, can't, uh, Nash, let's go. Time for you to go on stage. He'll come on stage and chill with dad. When he was a little baby boy, when he was two years old, yeah. uh, he came on stage. I got that picture, which is the best picture ever. When he stand, I'm at the microphone and I'm standing there and I'm closing out my show. And he's behind me at two years old, giving me a standing ovation. He's yeah. clapping as he's walking back on stage. And I knew right there, I ain't going to be able to get rid of this little Negro. Uh, yeah. He's going to be with me forever. So, but yeah, he, yeah, he's a funny been, little cat. Having, having, having a, a kid that young, gonna keep, it's going to keep you young. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, mine, mine will be 13 in a couple of weeks. And um, I, I miss, I miss them being small like that. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, it's like one of those things, you know what I mean? And the road definitely keeps you away from your kids. And and some people don't understand like that pain of missing, yeah. missing your kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's another thing too. This is, this is what I want a lot of the women that, that is tuning in, listen to this. Mm -hmm. They don't understand the sacrifice us men make because it, believe it or not, there's a choice in which we have to make. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times the choice hurts us more than what you actually see because right. we still have to be in a certain, certain certain state of mind to be able to continue to do what we what we signed on to do, which is right. comedy. You right. know what I mean? And they just think it as, you know, you on the road and you you missing birthdays and you don't you you love your job more. You don't you don't know how many times I sat in the hotel room and cried. Yeah, I my babies, you didn't, you know, I couldn't put them to sleep at night. And I had to hear stories of good times around the house that I wasn't involved in. Right. But it was a choice that I have to make. You know, what I mean, I have to, you know, one, follow my dream as well as make money. And and, and I can't, it is it, no way unless I cut myself in half to be able to do both. And so they yeah. discount what we do as just a way of us getting out of our responsibility of being a parent. Right, right. But and it's not. And I will tell you, I will tell you this for, for, for those that don't understand um, a comedian's mind or how comedy works. Um, when you find out you have that gift, when you find out that you have that gift and you are able to make people laugh or strangers laugh from your opinions or your jokes, you, what you realize is it's a part of you. Right. And for you to not do that, you lose you. You lose you. Exactly. But it's not until you find out that you have that gift, because once you have it, you have to do it. And people right. don't people don't get that part of it. And it's not the money necessarily, right. uh, because somebody said, would you do it if you didn't get paid? Absolutely. Absolutely. We it. are doing it. as we ain't paid. <laughs> We're not up. getting paid. We're not getting paid what we worth. That's for sure. If you work the chitlin uh, circuit, circuit, yeah, you work and not get paid. Right. You know what I'm absolutely. And absolutely. It's part of us, man. People, people who don't have that creative mind or that experience does not understand. I remember my ex said to me one day, she says, um, what is your, what is your backup plan? I said, death. <laughs> That's my backup plan. Death. 
she don't under, she couldn't understand that because this is not a hobby. It's not even a career. It, like you said, it is me. I, br I breathe this, the, the adrenaline, the, the satisfaction, the, the blessing that I get when I walk off stage can't even be put in words. You know, right. sometimes I get, I have been in shows and this is some real, real shit. I have been in shows where I have, I have gotten so in, uh, in, involved and so absorbed in what I have done on stage where I go back to my room and I cry. Mm -hmm. I cry because there's so many different emotions that are running through me. I'm, 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 I'm happy. I'm, I'm sad. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at God. I'm not even, I'm not even worthy of what you allowed me to give out to these perfect strangers. You yeah. know, it's just, I mean, it's just, it's hard to even, you know, like explain now, you know, when you have, a, a group of people that come up to you after the show say, you know, we just buried our father today. Yeah. And you, you have made it a little bit easier for us to accept what we just did. That man, you, 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 you can't just go up to somebody and just be able to have that type of impact on them. Unless mm -hmm. this is a gift, as you say, that's given to you from God and that you can, Man, it's it's. I mean, it just feel like you feel like some kind of superpower. Like you have some kind of superpower, right? And man, it's it's it's. That's why a lot of. It's sad to say that's why a lot of relationships fail with yeah, comedians. Absolutely, that absolutely. They don't. It's 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 something I can't clearly explain to you where it makes sense to you. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's something that even if I was able to do, you still wouldn't be able to understand it. Absolutely. It's just like it's just like people. It's like people who say the first high when they hit the pipe or whatever. You're fishing for that feeling every single time yep. that you hit that pipe, which you would never get back. You know, so that feeling that I get, I'm constantly fishing for it. Not really necessarily fishing for it, but that I can't. I can tell you how it feels, but until you hit that pipe, which I wouldn't suggest you do nah. because it's a family friendly uh, show are we on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, you, you, you absolutely make it sense. Like, like the first time I hit the stage, the first time I hit the stage, I didn't go to bed that night till four in the morning. Right. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't get down off that high. Right. Uh, and, and um, the feeling that you get, uh, I can never describe it to somebody, but, Walking into a room that's sold out, right, and you know you' about to hit that stage is unbelievable, right. right? Right. The 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 anxiety, or not even anxiety, the anticipation of just being able to get on that stage. You can't get on there fast enough. Right. Right. It's you know like what I mean? It's like yes. Christmas morning. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like yeah. uh, you feel most relaxed once you get on the microphone. Right. Exactly. That's when the that's when you you're at the comfort level. Not yeah. when you're waiting backstage. So stop talking to us when we wait for the show. I don't want to hear about shit you got to say. Stop talking to us. Leave us alone. If we walk away, we're walking away for because we try not to hurt your feelings. Like, look, will you just shut the hell up? Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't want to see the women in the audience. I don't want to see that. You got a stool. You got a mic stand. Sound. We good. That's all. I That's all I need. That's all leave I need. Leave me alone, man. Yeah. Leave me alone. But mm -hmm. yeah, man, it's, 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 I, I just wish they would understand. You know, I wish there was a way to get, you know, I've lost several relationships based on the fact of my comedy. 
you know, because, you know, but I, I, they just don't understand. Mm-hmm. They, they always look at, at, I don't know about you, but they look at us as we're selfish. And mm-hmm. I'm like, if you really had to break it down, I'm the, I'm the least selfish. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, you just don't know what goes into this. You don't know the sacrifice. You don't know the demons that I deal with based on this blessing that I have been given. Right. You know? So if, if, if someone, here's the thing, T- to do what you do, to do what I do, if someone took it away from me, which they did with COVID, it, it, I mean, right. a lot of a lot of our compadres got broken. Like they, it yep. broke them. Yep. It broke them, yep. and we we have cautionary tales that we can tell. And yep. there are some some people who had vices that they went back into because they weren't be able to get on stage. Um, you know, some some of us were dealing with sobriety and. Yep the fact that they can't get on stage caused them to go back into that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. it's like, those are the things that people don't really recognize. Like they don't know, like everybody, everybody can look at us and say, Oh, you make people laugh, but they don't know that that's completing that person. Right. Exactly. You know I mean, and so. it's just like with anything else they say, you know, if it was that easy, everybody would be doing it. Like, so you really need to look at if the, if comedy is that easy, it's just, Oh, you just make people laugh. Well, why ain't everybody doing it? <laughs> they try. You know, they try. <laughs> that's always the backup. That's always the backup plan for failed celebrities. They're like, "Oh, right. I'm a comedy." I'm like, "No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Don't come over here. Don't take up that spot that somebody else might need." You know what I'm saying? Get <laughs> your ass over there. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. You know? Is there is there is there a time? Um, I'll put it like this: being on the road as much as you've been on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a time that you miss or a time that you like, man, I'm glad I don't got to do that shit no more. Uh, you mean on the road trip? Yeah. Just road, just like, like rooms or, or, or things like that. You're like, man, I'm glad I don't never got to do that shit no more. Man, them 10 hour drives and 10, 12 hour drives. And it's been, it was like, sometimes, I mean, we drove 10 hours, got to the hotel, did get a nap. You got a shower. You went to the show. Went to bed two o'clock and we went to Waffle House after the show, try to get your little ass or whatever it is you was into. <laughs> and the next morning you was back on the road for another 10 hours, man. Yeah. Sometime it was one show, mm-hmm. one night, and mm-hmm. 10 hours there, 10 hours back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, God, I don't miss that no more. It's now it's a 45 minute to an hour and a half flight. Yeah, and then back home, you know what I'm saying? Right, so, right, yeah. That's, that's that. I don't miss that. I, I don't miss that part overall. Every now and then, you know, like, you know, I say, oh, let me. And five hours in, I'm like, you know what? I don't miss this shit that much. I'm gonna turn around. I'm gonna go ahead and find the airport in this town. I'm gonna fly the rest of the way, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, right. I don't miss that part. But I do miss, I do miss being on the road and all the comics being in the hotel room together and running around in each room and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Just being dumb, going to restaurants, sitting around all night, man. I remember when I lived in L.A., man, and it was just like we would just go to Jerry's Diner, uh, and man, we would sit there, and the sun would be coming up. Yeah, we just sit there and just talk and bullshit and order food and just talk and bullshit. It was beautiful, man. I miss that. I miss. Yeah, that. yeah, and that's like that's the thing. I mean, chopping it up with comedians is probably one of the best things. Um, you know, that we do as comedians, like uh, trying to recapture that is probably one of the best things. Cause I tell people all the time, it ain't the show it's after the show. 
Yeah. That's where the show is. Cause the stories and the things that you hear is you just be like, what they did. Yeah. What? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 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 Even there's some of the greats that y'all know. We uh, There's I some horror some. stories. You be like, what? You know what I mean? And it's just like yeah. one of those things that, you know, you wish you can just share with everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's cool shit, though. I mean, it's, it's, it's cool. I've had some really great experiences with, and females, like some, you know, really cool females. We we just, it's like that brotherhood, you know, that is just make it amazing. It make this amazing what we've been put into you know yeah absolutely absolutely do you do you feel like um do you, now you did a movie a couple yeah. uh, you did a movie <laughs> but uh you had a chance to work with some um, some heavy hitters yeah, um, yeah. And, and um yeah. like what was that like was it was it an easy transition for you for acting versus being on stage comedy wise that's another benefit see like we're talking about actors who become comedians and you know how sometimes that transition isn't as easy for them mm-hmm. as it is for us as comedians to become actors because we're acting on stage every night so we're getting that training by being on stage um so yeah the acting just basically i mean just the part i just tell people about the part that in the movie shade where i played, played mr Osi. Uh, a crooked poker player, I went in for the audition and it wasn't even for a black man. Because when I went to the receptionist, I said to her, you know, I'm here to read for the role, Mr. Osi. She was like, you are? I'm like, yeah, bitch, yeah. I'm here to read for this, you know what I'm saying? And she was like, okay, we'll sign in. And I signed in and I started looking around the room. It was all white dudes. Right. And I was like, oh, I see. And there was one other black dude. And it's, it's so funny because the black dude, I had just seen him on the Parker's he was he was uh, on Monique's show. He was playing her boyfriend. I don't know if you remember the cat. He had curly hair. He had a, a white streak that went up. It. He was there reading too, but we it was all white boys. So I said, okay, I'm going in. I'm gonna show him from a brother's perspective, and I got the part. But you know, it was it was easy because I just you know I basically just took the experiences of being on stage by myself and saying not necessarily just saying the joke, but trying to get the people to envision what it was I was talking about. And that's what acting is too, trying to bring that, that script into a reality. So you don't see me as Sean, the comedian, you see me as Mr. Osi or whoever it is I'm playing. Right. So that transition was a little bit easier for me. And I mean, that was a, now that was a moment that I was just in awe. I was in awe. Yeah. I was in there with some cats that, you know, wow, that I watched recently. You know, right, right. Yeah. So, uh, and that was a cool part during the movie. So a lot of times when your movie set, you're on the set for like 16 hours a day and what you might only work four hours of that day, they're resetting cameras, they're lying, you know, doing lighting, they're doing, you know, product placement. They got to put stuff back in order because, you know, that's another thing people don't know when you, you move stuff in the scene, they got to take a picture of it because they're moving the camera and they got to put everything right back. That's why you see bloopers in movies. They forget to close that curtain. They forget to put that cup back. They, they, he, had on his, he had his shirt rolled up. And then when they, the next, he got his down, you know, some people, he got to, he got to, he got to, he don't have a cut. Then the next scene, he got a fresh cut. Right. Like, right. You gotta, yeah. you be like, nigga, what'd you do? Uh, what camera was that? Was that for the, the barbershop? But the one cool thing. So we're sitting there in this one scene, man. And, um we're at the poker game and we're at we're at Jimi Hendrix 
mansion in Los Feliz in, outside of Griffith Park in L.A. Um, weird ass castle. Jimi Hendrix was a weird cat, but we're filming in his ca- in his castle um, mm. in his mansion rather, and uh, we're sitting around the table and all the actors. So we got Jamie Foxx. We got Gabriel Burns from Usual Suspect. We mm-hmm. got Mark Boone from Sons of Anarchy. We got Stuart Townsend from Queen of the Dam. And we got uh, another cat who's a card hustler that's not allowed in Las Vegas. Right. You know, that's how that's how crazy this dude is with a deck of cards. Right. Um, so we're all sitting here and they're going around the table, Jamie, like, you know, I've been in this many movies. And Gabriel's like, I've been in this many movies. And this and Marcus like, I've been in this many movies. And they get to me and I'm like, first movie, first principle. And they were <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I thought they was going to ride me, man. But all these actors that I had been watching was like, we got you, man. We're going we gonna to make sure you shine in this in this scene. That's and that dope. was this and, and, man, I'm sitting there like, I was, Gabriel Burns at that time, because I had just watched Usual Suspect, and he played the devil in one of them other movies. I can't believe, I can't remember what movie it was where he played Lucifer. Um, but I'm in my trailer, and he's sitting on my steps. In my trailer, he's sitting there, and he's talking, like me and you talking. I'm like, right. yo, this cat, like, vibing with me man like right. this dude is a movie star like a legitimate movie star so right yeah those is that that was dope feeling man that was yeah cool. that is dope especially for them that, that, that accept you like that and i mean there's different opportunities like like as in comedy you know what i'm saying like right. when you actually get a chance to work with some big names and they welcome <laughs> you they welcome yeah. you in like yo man you funny man or I appreciate it. Right. I like just set. You know what I mean? Like right. I had one of those situations happen when I worked with Sinbad. And, um, you know, Sinbad didn't know me. Uh, I didn't know him. He didn't even know I was on the show. Well, he knew I was on the show, but he didn't know who I was. And I did right. my set. And I walked backstage and he summoned me over to where he was. Right, right. And, and was like, look, man, yo, you you good. You got some good material. I was like, man, I, dude, you don't even understand what's right. what I'm being right now. <laughs> exactly. <I'm> being. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, I mean, that, that kind of stuff actually happens, but that's dope. How long were you in L.A.? I lived out there, I think it was coming up on well, maybe two years we stayed out there. It was a struggle, man. I went yeah. out there with my entire family. That was the worst move that I made uh, was that when I, you know, my agents and just the way I even got to L.A., it was based off a showcase that my manager set up at the comedy store um, on Melrose. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the comedy, uh, not the comedy store, uh, 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 Improv. Improv, okay. Improv on Melrose. Yeah. And um, I got, like, I was the only comic that got signed out of, like, 16 comics that performed that evening. Um, and, you know, I moved out of there. But instead of just you know, make sure my family, we were in Atlanta at the time, making sure my family was, was stable and going out there, give me a little spot. I took the whole family. So it was my wife and three kids. Yeah. Small kids. Yeah. You know? And we had, we lived out in the Valley. We lived out there where Superhead was. We, we, we lived out there where, I swear to God, cause you know, he talk about, he talk about Santa Clarita. That's what Superhead talk about in her book. Shaq put her up at an apartment in Santa Clarita. That's where I lived in Santa Clarita. Uh, which was way up going Lancaster. And that was because we had to find a place, had a good school system as well as, uh, you know, affordable housing. So we lived in a gated community, you know, two bedroom townhouse that we was paying well over 1500. That was, mm. that was back in what 2003. Yeah. That was, you know what I'm saying. And then remember I wasn't, I didn't have my, um, 
I didn't have my road work. I'm on the West Coast now. My road yeah. work is on the East Coast. Yeah. You know? So that was a that was a bad move, man. And it just mm. we we became very financially strapped. Uh, I was finding myself flying back to the East trying to work, mm. you know, because my agent was like, "Well, we want you to go take bartending classes." So you go, like, "Man, I can't make no money on no damn bartending and shit." Right. I right. used to making you know three, four, five hundred dollars a night on the road. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. So. Yeah, that was, uh, and that quickly, you know, if I wouldn't have done that, I think I would have, I started having momentum with a lot of different projects in LA. You know? right. I was writing a TV show. They was trying to develop a TV show. I was a writer. I was getting a lot of callbacks for a lot of television shows. I was starting to become somebody that they knew, the casting agents. You know, my, my agents were very tightly connected with LA, you know, I started to go yeah. to Robbie Reed's office, to Monica Swan, you know? Um, so I just made a mistake, but yeah. you know, I made a mistake. I, I thought I was doing right by my family. And it also, you know, caused a wedge in our relationship as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause I mean, you like can't say we... take care of your family. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah. man, I'm gonna tell you right now, man, it's like, it's, it's difficult, man. Um, and we've been in the same boat. Um, you know, yeah. I, I don't think I think I think comedy might I don't think comedy had a play in my divorce, but I do feel like when I was married, I didn't I didn't do as much comedy. Right. right um, right. because I knew there was a it was a sore subject. Right, right, right. Um, there was a there was a bit of curiosity as to how serious are you about this right and i'm yeah. like what do you mean how serious am i about right this? like how are you that impressed with my ability but yet you don't want me to grow with disability um yeah. and it was more or less like i knew there was an issue every time i got on the road Right. Um, and then I, I had to deal with it when I came home and it was like, I, it's not worth it. It's not, it's not worth this argument. You right. know what I mean? Um, so I had cut way back. Um, but then when shit start falling apart, I was like, I'm hitting the road. I know, but it was, it was a release for me. It was like, all right, I could release the stress that I have, um, um, on stage and then get away. You know what I mean? Right. And it was like, right. it was, it was a benefit. And I felt like the growth that I had only happened um, because the marriage failed. You know what right. I mean? It was like, all right, well, good. I got more material. Um, I got, right. uh, <laughs> I got, I got more time. Um, but you know, I'm, I got condoms. No. I got... <laughs> <laughs> that's that. That's what it was, but yeah, it's hard. I mean, I, I, I know a lot of comedians and I applaud the comedians that do make it work. Well, I'm gonna say something true, and I and I just be true, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm true to what I say, and and it and it's just the reality. And and a lot of people don't even realize it. And uh, I've been told in one of my relationships, and, well, I figured out why is it so difficult. And like you're saying, where she, you know, she, it was like every time there was a situation when you had to go out of town. You know what it is? It's jealousy. Okay. It, it, yeah. it is. It is. It's it's uh, what well, is a little bit of insecurity too insecurity there's and a little bit of insecurity so to to have a woman that will fully support your comedy career they have to be secure within themselves within themselves as yeah but as well part, as go ahead 
I'm saying as well as they have to be secure with the decisions that they make in their life. Absolutely, because we're not responsible for the happiness that you bring yourself. Right. That that's the that's a difficult conversation. But you being in the situation that you've been in in the past, and me being in a situation I've been in, these are conversations that I can have up front now. If there's right. anybody that I was involved with right. Right. seriously now, but you have to learn that process. You have to right. learn that process. But then what? The, I will say this. I will say this as men. Okay, we are. We do have to. We are responsible for making them feel secure. Right. Um, and if we fail at that point, that's what allows that creepiness to fall right. in place. Of we got to be held accountable. We, we have to be held accountable, and we and we and we need to be able to put our feet to the fire and be able to answer right. those questions. That is that is the and listen. Some people are listening to this going, "Wow, like is yeah. that that deep? It is that deep. <laughs> it is that. That's what I'm saying. Comedy. It ain't just being funny. There's so right. many. There's so many branches to this tree that a lot of people don't understand. And a lot, and I tell people, you know, everybody's all excited about being in, in, in a relationship with an entertainer. And you know what I always say? This yeah. is my analogy. Everybody's excited about going into the military until they get in boot camp. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nigga, I'm doing, I'm being everything I can be. I'm being everything I can be. But then they get in boot camp and like, yo, this shit is hard. Right. This is right. hard. That's what being in a relationship. Yeah, we're gonna go to the show. We're gonna meet people. We're gonna be there. We're gonna be in VIP. Yo, you broke this week. Boom. Yo, you not home this weekend. Everybody's going out on dates. I'm home by myself. Why you living your life? That's what I was told. You get yeah. to go on vacation every week. What you think a vacation for me is going into a city that I know absolutely nobody and I sit in a hotel room out of a 24 hour day. I'm in the hotel maybe 18 hours, if not more of that day, unless I go get something to eat, go to the gym, go to the mall or go to the show. That's a vacation when I got to sit on the phone and listen to you and my babies in the background having fun and at least y'all with each other. Y'all might not be doing anything, but you're there with the people that you love. And the only thing I got is Maria, the housekeeper, Juninho Ronkley. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's all I got. So that's a vacation yeah. to you. There's the misconception. There's the jealousy. And there's the friction that comes into our relationship because I got to do this all over again next week and the week after next. And now you jealous because you don't necessarily like what you're doing. You have a job, but you don't have a dream. Hey, they, so here, like, so I was, uh, I was Ubering for a while and lifting and things like that. Right. And the, 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 the brightness in people's eyes that will come across their face when they ask you, this, do you do this regularly? I go, nah, this is a part-time right. gig. I'm a stand-up right. comedian. What? Right, right. Because they realize this man is doing what he wants to do, not what someone told him he has to do. Right. And you're right. That's not a vacation. Because right. everybody knows in this comedy game, in order to make money, you can't spend money. Can't spend money. So when you're right. out of town, you're not spending money. Because we ain't making $5,000 a week. No. You no. Know? You're so, not. You're not. And it's so crazy because people go, oh, you having a good time? <laughs> like, yo, I have a good time for the hour that I'm on stage. Right. And I, uh, earlier today, I woke up just so I can take a nap. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
Come on, man. Yeah, but this man. is a conversation that's never had because people take it upon themselves to create this scenario or create this picture without even discussing. I've never had a deep conversation with any of my ex-wives or relationships that I was in. I never had this because they wasn't interested enough to really find out what makes me tick. What? Yeah. Why have I chosen chosen this struggle that they yeah. look at as you know what I'm saying? And yeah. this is the reason why, because it goes back to what we said earlier. This is something that's in us. Yes. And, yes. It, and if you don't understand where the core of it is, you damn sure won't understand the, the different facets of it or the different situations that come about from it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so there's always going to be that, that, that friction because you're not understanding and nor are you trying to understand. Nah, you don't. Um, it's, it's easy to look at it from the outside in. And mm -hmm. see, it's like somebody looking at your um your comedy career from social media. Right. And, right. Uh, and most of the conversations you have with people, they always go, man, I see you doing your thing. Yeah. And they smiling and you go, right, right, right. Like, like, nigga, I'm struggling. Like, what are right. you like, 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 I'm dressed from the waist up, nigga. I ain't got no pants oh, on. I'm, str I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Yeah. I don't yeah, even want to get fully dressed. It's funny, man. Like, um, it, it's... I, I wish I could give everybody a piece of, of what we have to go through. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they don't, and this, this podcast helps. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me tell you something. Just another example of people not understanding. So I've been doing comedy, like I said, over 20-something 20, 20 years, 27 years almost. And uh -huh. so I just have one sister. I have one sibling. And uh, within the last couple of years, my nephew, uh, he's 13. I think, no, he's... Dang, he's older than that now. He's a senior. I think he's a senior in high school. Okay. Uh, but he was in he was in the uh, traveling uh, Broadway play uh, Kinky Boots, mm -hmm. and so he started going on the road. And they went to Japan. They went all over. And she, she they got to a point where they were in the city. She said both of them just sit in the room all day crying. They read, they want to go home. Mm. Now, mind you, you're going to Japan. You're hitting all the states in the union. You're yeah. staying in hotels. And he was like, Mom, I don't want to do this. I want to go home. Yeah. I want to go back to school. Yeah. I don't want my sister was like, yo, I I hadn't cried so much. I didn't, I want I didn't this road is hard. I said, 27 years. Yeah. 27 years. You yeah. got what? A season? You got one season, a taste of this for a season. I've been grinding this out for seven, 27 years. Do you know the mental capacity that you have to have to deal with the financial woes, the loneliness, the depression, the 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 the, the, the detachment? Yeah. That you, and still going stay to say, hey, I'm ready to make y'all laugh. Yeah, I always say the first line in my book that I'm going to write is I have gotten paid to travel the world and put smiles on everybody else's faces when a lot of times I wasn't able to put a smile on my own face. Yeah, um, think about that for a minute. Our job is to make people laugh. But who makes us laugh? who makes us who makes us laugh now? Who makes me happy is my kids. You right. know what I mean? My That's kids different. bring joy to me. Um, it's it's funny, man, like uh, with the COVID thing, um, you know, I. I can go see my kids. I go see my kids uh, like every other day um, and like uh, one day on the weekend, I, I go down, but I don't take them with me. I just go to their place and we right. play games or we play spades or we do whatever and things like that. Right. But dude, I'd be so excited. Right. 
to get to the house, like, exactly. like to get there. And when I get there, like, I'm just all like, it's all energy. You know what I mean? Yep. And yep. I think it was one day, one of my daughters had this little funky attitude. Right. And I could tell she had an attitude. I don't know what she was upset about, but she was ruining my mood. Right. 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 And I, I, I snapped on her. Right. And I was like, take your ass upstairs. I was like, cause I'm like two seconds off the jumping on your ass. You know what I'm saying? Right, 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 I'm like, right. yo. And then so she got upset. She started crying or whatever. And I, I pulled her outside and I was like, listen, you don't understand. I look forward to come to see y'all. Right. Right. So whatever little attitude you're dealing with, you need to put Same that to the issue. side right. because you're ruining my whole trip down here. You understand know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yo. And then so she just kind of looked at me and it kind of clicked to her. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, you don't understand. Like, I've been looking forward to this all day. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, it's, like, it's like one of those things that, like, you know, even in their young mind, they don't understand that I need this. Just like they say, oh, daddy, we miss you. I'm like, y'all understand I miss you just as much. Yep. So when I see you, yep. it's on. Like, we got to, you know, we got to we gotta catch this time up. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. So like, yeah, it's like, yeah. it's like well, those things, yeah, man. So yeah. I yeah. get it, man. I well, absolutely People don't it. know that. Yeah, people yeah. don't realize that. Like, people yeah. don't realize these different aspects. They just think that men are so absorbed in our hobbies and, or, or the things that we want out of life. But, man, I... I you don't you don't learn until you're older like like my father was that way my father was an entrepreneur and he was away from home a lot of times he had the bar he was running the you know bar and he had restaurants later on and it was like you know yo daddy don't want to be with us and he you know it was mentally challenging so like you said when he got home and we when he was able to come home on a friday night and take us to the drive-in movie and take us over to new york to, to you know to mama leone's and stuff and eat italian food and go to the movie theaters that was that was the world to him yeah you know? yeah but you know people don't even realize that man you know right i don't you know i'm not sitting there i don't want nobody to have sympathy for me you know like whoa you know woe is me you know this is what i got to deal with but it is the reality and and i tell people you know if there's women listening just take a time out to just at least talk to the person let them give you their their insight let them tell you what's going on in their world and maybe some of the things that you thought you understood maybe you will understand if you go in there with an open mind the Absolutely. same way that you want him to understand how lonely you are that it's saturday night and you can't go out with your man you know he has to understand how that makes him because it might not be as important to him we, we got feelings. The, the thing is, y'all got to stop making us feel like because we're a man, all the dumbass cliches y'all come up with, a man don't cry, a, ma a man don't <laughs> show emotion. Well, my thing is, if, if we wasn't supposed to show emotion, we wasn't supposed to cry, God wouldn't put those damn things in us for that shit to come out. He wouldn't right. put the tear, the tear ducts in our eyes for tears to come out. He wouldn't put that little feeling in our heart that 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 deals with, with hurt and, and, and pain. So... Right. Being that we got the same shit y'all got and y'all use y'all, let us use ours. Yeah, absolutely. Know? Absolutely. But like I say, man, it's some it's some that make it work, man. It's some yeah. some people got them strong women behind them that's with yeah. them through thick and thin. But then you got yeah. some that just ain't cut out for it. And yeah. I and it, the thing we talk about, uh, I think it was, a, it was an article. It was an article that came out. It was like top people not to date. <laughs> the comedian was like right at the top of the list. Like, comedian, don't be the comedian. One, like, two, three, and four. <laughs> comedian, comedian, comedian. No, one, two, and three. Uh, MC, 
a feature in a headliner. And in a headliner. I tell people all the time, like, you know, every girl like, so when we gonna go out? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know when we gonna go out. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, like right. I'm not even in town for like the next month. You know what I mean? Right. It's like right. <laughs> that's like that's that's the one thing that people don't gotta understand, man. Right. Another right. thing I like to do on the podcast, man, is uh if you ever watch the uh the actor studio with uh James Lipton, rest in peace. Yeah, uh, yeah. the thing where he shoot the questions off at the uh at the at the uh actors. I right, do the right. same thing. I kind of remix a little bit. So I'm gonna okay. shoot you off with these questions, and you you hit okay. me off. They're gonna be dirty as shit. I'm telling fine. you, fine. You gotta knock it out, man. So what's your uh, what's your uh, what's your favorite word? Motherfucker. <laughs> you heard that? I bit my I bit my fucking lip saying that. Motherfucker. <laughs> that this that come, come out everywhere. Yeah, no right, doubt. Right. No doubt. Right, what's yeah. your what's your uh least favorite word? Uh I can't. Yeah. I say that to my children all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, don't yeah, don't say that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know my uh my motto is uh TTBS, that's that bullshit. Right, that's uh, that any, bullshit, right? Anything that everything that you have absolutely no control over in your life. Um, so to you, what is that's that bullshit? That's that bullshit. What is that's that bullshit? Uh you know, uh Motherfuckers that can't drive. <laughs> That's that bullshit. Yeah, man. Like, like you th- no, you know what's that bullshit? People that that are out in public and are not aware of anybody and anything around them. That's that bullshit. Like, really, they set this world up just for you. Mm. You know, I, 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 that's that's the most selfish person that I can ever like that person that walk around and they oh I'm uh, sorry I know you said sorry but I'm ready to bust you in your face because you were so absorbed in this is you don't anything that exists you didn't even you didn't even think about me existing in that space as well so that's that bullshit so people. so when you say that when you say people can't drive and then you went into that first thing that came to my mind is the people that aggravate me the most when driving is someone that's in the parking lot mm. That's driving two miles an hour, nobody around. You right. see me behind you, right? Right. And then you're taking forever to turn. And not only when you turn, you continue to go two miles an hour. And I'm going, dude, come on. Like, there's nobody in this parking lot right now. Like, what are you doing at this point? And it's like, that can drive me insane. That's me. Um, you know what that is? Yeah, that's Jersey Road Rage. That's Jersey. That, that, that is that that's is that probably Jersey Road Rage. You know, and now like, do you have to back into the parking spot? Do you like really do right. you gotta do that right now? Like, like just in a Dotson? <laughs> Nigga, who got a Dotson? Where you get a Dotson from? <laughs> it's Nissan I, now. I ain't heard Dotson in forever. I know. <laughs> Dotson was Nissan. Nissan is Dotson. That is hilarious. Um <laughs> So, all right. So, what's the opposite of that? Is the shit? What is the shit to you? What is the shit? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, it sounds corny, man. But my my kids are the shit. Yeah, my kids are really the shit. They don't know it. I don't want my son to hear because I didn't get the big head. But uh, <laughs> yeah, my kids are the shit. I don't tell them enough, but my kids are the shit, man. It, yeah, it just man. just think about it right now, man. It just tears me up a little bit. Yeah, man, no doubt. Um. So if if no one knew who Sean Jones was, right? I, I know I know who Sean Jones is, but if nobody knew who Sean Jones was, and I was introducing you to the world, uh, what's your walk on music? Oh man, I got my walk on music because I'm using this for my special. It's gonna cost me about twenty thousand dollars to get this song released, but is Steve Miller "Fly Like an Eagle"? 
Oh man. Fly like an eagle. There you That's, go, man. And no that, that that is you know what's so crazy, man? I discovered that word when I was I mean, I discovered that song. I was I was in I was in Florida not too long ago. And I, mm. I had this, they gave me a nice Cadillac, the SUV, and the sound system was booming. And I put it on. And man, when that song came on, it it got inside of me. Uh-huh. And I just felt like I was outside the car and it just it just described the feeling. It was just like a, right. an eagle flies freely, just like carelessly, like it, it effortless rather. Right. Man, that, that song, that's that thing just get up in my soul. No you know, doubt. That's no that doubt. white boy. That's that white boy in me, man. I go get my damn slacks. Put on my docker slacks and my penny loafers and my pocket organizer. Uh, I'm going to play that on Sunday night when my, my Eagles beat your Cowboys, man. I'm going to do it. Here we go. Here we go. Remember, wait, but do you remember, do you remember when the Eagles and the Cowboys uh, mm-hmm. were in the NFL? Remember they used to play in the NFL? <laughs> listen be honest with you that is some bullshit that's that bullshit right now that's that bullshit the nfc east that's that bullshit bullshit. but who knew who knew (laughs) everybody outside the nfl nfc east right right they knew right we the only ones that didn't know oh all right so if if uh if your time is over uh the comedy is done uh you 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 checking out you retiring what's your walkout music Ooh, uh it you know it has to be the classic that every black comic when they see grown people in the audiences what is it frankie beverly frankie and Mays, before yeah. i let go yeah <laughs> before i let go yeah. yeah you can forget that beyonce version i like the original right version. Frankly, Beverly and Mays, yeah, yeah, exactly, man, no doubt. Yeah, um, if, if there was another career uh, other than comedy, what do you think you would be doing? Acting. What you, would you want to try? Or acting. So it would be acting. acting. Yeah, it would be yeah. acting. Yeah. No yeah. doubt, man. No yeah. doubt, man. That's that's what that's what's yeah. up, man. That's what's it's up. Good. Hey, man. Dude, look, dude. I, I appreciate the time, man. You gave I me. Enjoyed this. Uh, this is. This is like I said, man. My podcast. I've, I've heard from a lot of other comedians as that's been on here, man. They like this is a little different than the norm, man. Like it's just a regular right. conversation, and and they appreciate right. it, man. So um, I'm I'm only thing I'm upset about is it took us this long to do one. Well, you know what it is. I think you know it took this situation for. Uh, I feel as though I hopefully showed a different facet of comedy to people now they would be more willing to be more understanding if in their yeah. relationship with a comedian or even you know appreciate a comedian one that you might know you know what i'm saying or one that you might not know right. just understand that the struggle is real in both situations you know what right I mean? right and for you anybody know. that's listening um this story is not a sean jones jay bliss right. Like the story, it's every comedian that you every know. comedian, yeah. every comedian you know is going through what we just talked about. Yep. And if yep. they tell you they not, they a straight up lie. And they are Uber driver instead of comedian. That's what it is. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> right. It's a, it's a that's funny exactly. Uber driver. Funny that is Uber driver. absolutely the truth, man. Absolutely yeah. the truth, man. So yes, look, sir. man, we're go- I'm gonna sign off, man. And um, yes, hey, Luke, and we're gonna have to do this again. We're gonna definitely yeah, have to I, do this again, man. I love it. 
I love yeah. it, man. It's really, it's been therapeutic for me, honestly, man. This has been something that I've been wanting to, a lot of things I've been wanting to really be able to talk in depth about. And yeah. uh, I'm glad that you gave me opportunity to show that part uh, on here today. Absolutely, man. No doubt, man. Yeah. So with that, sure. man, until next time, Sean, man, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna check out, man. And I appreciate you uh, for coming on the Bliss is Ignorant podcast. Yes, sir.